Welcome into another week of fantasy football. This is your boy Jack. Hey, you know it's Dugo over here. What's going on, folks? So we just had a loaded week time. A lot of stuff happened. A lot the, of shit. Yo, the Packers beat the Cowboys. Like probably the surprise of the week, other than maybe the Vikings taking the Bills. But yo, mm-hmm. that was even a wild game itself. Listen, we want to kind of dive into week 11. We want to go ahead and talk about some of what happened last week and how it affects this week's matchups. Uh, So we want you guys to buckle up. Welcome into another episode where we provide fantasy football tips, tricks, and advice to help you bring home dubs. He's good. He knows every aspect of this game. Yo, so, I mean, let's get it started. I want to talk about our boy quick, dude. I was super high on this guy in the preseason before these motherfuckers traded for Carson Wentz, who... You know, let's let's be honest now. This is Taylor Heineke's job to lose. Mm-hmm. He had this tremendous, tremendous win over the Eagles away at the Eagles' house. Beat Jalen Hurts, who's supposed to be this MVP candidate. And yeah, they weren't on the field together at the same time. But nonetheless, he outdueled him. And yo, he's looking for real right now, dude. Listen, I mean, okay, so let's get it straight. Like, for fantasy, I don't know how viable he might be. But for real life, NFL football is a cool-ass story. Uh, so we saw him play the Philadelphia Eagles last week. We saw him get a win. Uh, we saw him throw for around 211 yards. And, you know, it was a, he, he, he did enough. He's a game manager. For real? Terry McLaurin, on the other hand, has kind of taken the next step, I guess, into uh, becoming that elite receiver. Right. Like, he's someone who at the beginning of the season... I wasn't super high on when Carson Wentz was in the lineup and Jahan Dotson was starting to get exposure. Mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel was obviously doing his thing. But as of these last few weeks, I mean, McLaurin's been a dog. <gasps> uh, when I look at his production to go, I mean, McLaurin had 18 points last week against Philly. Yep. In three of his last four games, he's exceeded 15 points. So he's getting around, you know, over 70-ish yards, round six catches, you know, walking in for touchdowns. Well, dude, like, the, the impressive thing about Terry McLaurin's stat line this year, like, there's more games where he, well, there's only, like, two or three games where he has less than double digits, which, I mean, you can't really ask for much in a receiver, especially if you were picking Terry McLaurin, you know, probably towards, I mean, if I was drafting him, it would probably be around the fifth, but I think he probably averaged around the fourth. But, yo, you're getting damn near a, a wide receiver one in the fourth round. Good for you if you drafted him because he's definitely playing out for you. Yeah, he is. And, you know, he you probably got him at value earlier in the season, right? Yeah, you definitely probably did. I mean, you had all that hype with uh, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. I mean, Jahan Dotson's still working his way back, so we'll see how that progresses while he returns to the lineup. But, cool. yo, like, there's only a couple games where he didn't, like, hit produ- like his production mark like this guy is always gonna be that guy for you mm-hmm. and i mean he's owned in 96 percent of leagues so obviously y'all respect the guy for what he is and you know what he's like i said before he's balling out for you he's averaging about four like 13 and a half points per game i mean this guy is good let's mm-hmm. give him his flowers because he definitely deserves it i mean and especially balling out with taylor heineke no disrespect to him but mm-hmm. Yo, like, this guy played for the XFL. This guy wasn't supposed to be all that, and he's proving to be a good game manager for this team. Listen, I mean, okay, so we saw Terry McLaurin kind of take that next step, and we've seen A.J. Brown take those steps earlier in the season. Right. He he went absolutely crazy. Wide receiver, was he, like, wide receiver nine? Uh, Last week, though, it wasn't a great sight. He only had a catch. 
few yards on that catch, but he rolled his ankle. Right. Listen, he rolls his ankle. Dallas Goddard's out. They're both going to potentially be looking at missing maybe a week or two of, you know, work. Yeah, man. I mean, those are two high-productive targets that the Eagles have. And, I mean, they are such a high-flying offense, it feels like, this year, even though they really like to run the ball as well. I mean, Miles Sanders isn't having a terrible year. You know, you also have kind of uh, Gamo that we've talked about a couple times. So they like to run the ball. They do. But having those two aerial pieces missing, I think that it definitely opens the door for Zach Pascal to get some work finally because, I mean, coming from Indy, everyone knew he was a good receiver, but we just haven't seen much of that yet. Mm -hmm. So plan for him to start getting a lot of work, folks. And I also want to say that Devontae Smith being the number one. Yeah. Being the number one there again, I think that it's going to be good for him. I mean, it's going to be probably a couple weeks. It was just a roll. It doesn't seem like there's any, like, structural damage. Mm-hmm. But, yo, like, that's those are two pieces that are going to be gone. Get you some good receivers. And I think, like I said, Zach Pascal and Devontae Smith, I mean, if you have him, great. You're going to see some uptick production, I believe. But if you're looking for waiver wire pickups, look for Zach Pascal, guys. I think he's going to be the real thing. Hey. If you guys are enjoying the episode, do us a favor and go ahead and give us a follow on whatever audio platform you're currently streaming on. It goes a long way towards supporting the show, and it lets us know that you guys enjoy the content. Uh, back to the episode. Yeah, no, I was going to say, so with the Cooper Cup injury, which, you know, we might as well get into. Uh, somebody's going to have to take in some of that work that he's given up. Yeah, man, I think you you have two avenues that's going to go upon. I think... Obviously, you're going to see some increased production, I think, from Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson's coming back healthy. So I think that those two receivers, again, if you're trying to find someone to trade for for low value right now, or if you want to trade for, or if you want to pick someone off of off of waivers, I believe that Allen or <clears throat> I think that Van Jefferson is very low owned. So I would go out and try to grab him if you have an opportunity. Obviously, between Zach Pascal and Van Jefferson. Yo, those are two guys that could definitely pop off for you. But they could also go the other route as well, and that means an increased load for your boy Cam Akers or Daryl Henderson. Yeah. I mean, it's possible because at a certain point... Well, which one's possible? Which one do you the think run is, game, okay. The run game taking over. And the reason I say the run game very well could is because that's where you have two of your better athletes. At receiver, I mean, you have Allen Robinson who... He's kind of who he is on resume. He's kind of more so name value than production. Right, and you have the proven running back that you've been running all season with Daryl Henderson, and plus you have... Cam oh, Akers, he's there. Yeah, you he's took a second-round pick. Yeah, so you might as well give him run, and, uh, you know, you play a different style of football until you get your guy back. No doubt, and I think that honestly works with their favor, especially if Matt Stafford is going to be out another week. If you run the ball more and you can kind of congest the game and, you know, just make it a shorter game, it means that you're going to be in the game a little longer or at least a little more. You can put a little bit more emphasis on your defense and maybe stop the ball. Uh And I think that's kind of like what the Packers did this last week. And obviously Rodgers was in. Uh But obviously they made sure that they used as much time as possible and they used it with the run game. So yeah. I definitely think that if they run that two drag or that two headed dragon this week with Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, 
I think that it could be a, a really good strategy for them if think, they want to win a game. I think Hendog's good, bro. He's averaging over four yards to carry this year, which is a really good number for a running back. Yeah, dude. Um, I was super high on him last year when I had him on my team. I mean, yeah. the, guy's a, the guy's a stud. I mean, he just didn't get his flowers much last year. But you, you do the numbers on that, and right now my man is averaging somewhere around eight to ten carries a game, averaging those four yards to carry, so he's ending every game, you know, somewhere between 30 to, like, 55 yards. Yeah, Somewhere. and he probably gets a pass catcher too, you know? Exactly. He gets his pass catcher too, but he's also a guy who can slip into the end zone pretty easily. Right. So, on average, Daryl Henderson as a prospect is a guy who's going to go ahead and get you somewhere around six, six or seven points on a weekly basis. Which isn't terrible if you're looking at a flex play or something like that that has high upside. But if you're looking at the offense becoming more run heavy and you're looking at this guy potentially taking five to seven more carries a game, uh, you're talking about an additional 20 or so yards and five more opportunities at the end zone. So now that's six or seven or eight points can turn into 12 or 13. That boost is enough to go ahead and put this guy borderline RB1 territory. And, you know, that's beautiful. That's what we want. We like those game-changing running backs. Especially at the value that you guys are drafting Daryl Henderson at. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know – Everyone was super high on Cam Akers, and so he slipped a bit. Yeah. And I really think that he could, yeah, he could definitely end the season. I feel like, what, where is he at right now? He's not doing great this year. Well, what's his running back number? Uh, right now he's RB72. So he's RB72. I think that with this increased workload for the next at least four weeks with Cooper Cup out, I definitely think that he could slip into that RB40 territory. I really do. This is his opportunity to kind of take back that backfield and show why he's useful. And so the last two games, he has 11 rush attempts, breaking down to around five to six rushing attempts per game. If he can go ahead and absorb an extra three to four rush attempts, you know, assuming they, you know, become a run first offense. Right. That's his opportunity to kind of show what he can do. And the second that he shows any sort of explosion, the second the fan base gets even somewhat excited the second that he has his first game for more than 80 yards their first instinct is going to be to give this guy the ball because that's what you drafted him to do and he's a second year player uh second or third yeah but i mean the same thing goes with cam Akers as well i mean they drafted him super high they can't the fans already know him because that's what i'm talking about cam Akers. oh okay Mm -hmm. i got you yeah i i thought we were talking about daryl there for a second oh my bad no that was all about cam Akers. i think if cam Akers shows any ability to be able to lead this backfield, is this is going to be his job. Yeah, I mean, it definitely will have to be in this time period, I think. I mean, especially with Cam Akers, I feel like being the more true, like, running back. I think Daryl Henderson does a little bit better pat or pass blocking and also catching the ball. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, running the ball first, second down, that has to be Cam Akers, you think? I would think so. Uh, I mean... We'll have to see what happens. It'll probably be a 50-50 split again, kind of like it was week one. Right. Or, uh, you know, like earlier in the season. Absolutely. So, again, we're just going to wrap that back up. Make sure that you start Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, I'd say, or try to scoop Cam Akers seriously. Cam Akers, just like I told y'all a couple weeks ago that Christian Watson was a good stash play, which we'll get into in a little bit. Uh, I think Cam Akers kind of has that same potential. This is his opportunity. I'd just don't think they have great receivers bro like they don't have any type of speed in the receiving room yeah man and i mean mcveigh's uh, he's smart enough to scheme people open but i mean he knows first and second down he's gonna have to use up some clock because 
he doesn't have his boy Matt Stafford to throw the ball around like he used to right now. If there's anybody I really like in that receiver room, it's probably Van Jefferson. I think so too. I he, think. I mean, I, I think he's good enough to be. He's good enough to be a second option. That's kind of where he thrives at. I don't want him against the DB one every game. But if Allen Robinson can kind of absorb that attention and Van Jefferson can kind of get the second best guy and just do his shit and he has chemistry with Matthew Stafford, Mm -hmm. man, that's kind of, I don't know, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you can't really ask for much more. And I think that Van Jefferson also was able to absorb a few more runs as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that like jet sweeps and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so in his history, it looks like he has. All right. So I was kind of wrong on that. He only has three rush attempts in his career. Ah, right, what the fuck are you talking but, about? But yo, the guy is six one, two hundred pounds. This is the type of guy that could get lost behind the line of scrimmage if he's trying to do a jet sweep or something like that. And so, like I said, if you're trying to shorten the game, if you're trying to run off the clock. You're going to start doing things that you get the ball into your playmaker's hands. And so I I wouldn't doubt if Van Jefferson does get some of those push passes or jet sweeps just because when he was coming out of college, this guy was fast as fuck, and that's why they helped draft the guy. I don't think you have any idea how fast I really am. I'm fast as fuck, boy. <laughs> and I guess one last player that the Rams actually just recently drafted that I think could have some upside if you're still wanting to listen to the Rams. Kyron Williams, the running back out of Notre Dame last year, he just went off for 5.4 points this last week against uh, the Cardinals. So I think that if you do need a running back, if both those guys are already off the board for you as options, that being Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, I think that Kyron Williams definitely could be a guy that could be a stash. Maybe not a stash, but at least someone that you could plug and play depending on how this week goes as far as reports of who's getting carries in practice. Yo, another question. Dude, can I drive Chuba Hubbard now? I don't know, man. That's a really interesting play. I think that Chuba still has some sort of ability to be on your roster, just because if I... It was bad, but I guess it was his first game back. Right, exactly. It was his first game back from being on injury. So I think that he's going to get a little bit more of, you know, a little bit more work. Let's be honest, this was a Thursday night game. The guy was coming back from an injury. So obviously his workload was a little less than what we would like. Yeah. I don't I don't think the guy is droppable, though. I really don't. Uh-huh. Yeah, he didn't have the greatest performance. But at the same time, like you said, it's only a second game back. Right, and when we looked at what he did in his last healthy game against the Buccaneers, the guy went absolutely crazy. Uh The guy did what you wanted the guy to do. And I think that going forward, I mean, if you want to take a little bit of what I said about the Rams and shortening the game, Uh I think that the Panthers could do the same thing with Chuba Hubbard and Devontae Freeman. Or Foreman, I'm sorry. So, for reference, y'all, like, so last game, Chuba Hubbard had five carries for 14 yards. So, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't great, and it probably was a disservice if you put him in your starting lineup. He had 1.4 points. Well, I mean, if we're talking about disservices to your lineup, I mean, some everyone started Cooper Cup this weekend. What did he get? 1.2 if you're lucky? But that's due to injury, not due to just... You being in the whole game and you just don't matter enough for them to not give you the ball. Well, what was his snap percentage that week? I mean, it wasn't just... 18%. Exactly. So he wasn't really all that played. 
he probably had less snap percentage of what Cooper Cup had, and I think he had just about the same amount of points. So it's not a disservice if you uh, started Chuba Hubbard. I mean, maybe was it a bad play? Yeah. Maybe you can go forward, though, knowing that, hey, he is going to get an increased workload. Mm-hmm. At least I truly do believe so. So if you have faith in him, if you started him last week, don't take him out of your lineup quite yet. I think he still has a little hey, bit of faith. Hey, 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 what happened with your boy Greg Dolchich, bro? Yo. What the fuck was that? All right. What the fuck was that, dude? All right, dude. I know. So, we again, this that. guy this guy got, what, like 1.4? <sighs> dude. But Rick, he, he didn't even see that many attempts, so I don't know if the defenses are just keen at him now. Bro, I won't lie. I didn't Russ, watch. Russ only targeted him, like, four times. Yeah, dude. So, that was a little surprising to me. I definitely think that Greg Dolchitz should be in the game plan to get at least eight, nine targets per game. So, here's the interesting thing, though, because Jerry Judy just got hurt. Exactly. So, do you think that he his workload could be yeah. increased now, and or what do you think about Cortland Sutton, dude? What's so, the first off, prayers out to Jerry Judy because we don't know what the injury is, and I hope he heals up well. And uh, you know, I don't know when he comes back, but you know, when he comes back, he's you know back better than ever. But when it comes to this offense on the Broncos and the receivers and Greg Dolchich, I mean, you got to imagine Greg Dolchich is probably going to see a few extra, at least a targets. He's at probably going to see a few extra targets few extra opportunities and i think that he's a great athlete it's only been a bad game or two but when you look at at least points per game on a tight end basis he's still top six top seven has to be dude i mean greg dolches is a fucking freak when he's on the field dude like i really like this guy i really do so i don't know what like i said i think that this guy is still able to be a starter in your lineup i really do i think he's still a top 10 he's, tight end when he's being used right yeah he's top 10 in points per game he is obviously a mainstay in the new offense he's the only offensive player that you know we play in fantasy that was drafted by this regime right that was drafted by this new coach new gm new everything yep so i like greg dolchich moving forward cole Komet. Have you seen Cole Komet the last two weeks, dude? Uh, so, I don't really watch the Bears like that, but I have seen the points that he's produced, and it's kind of wild. And I honestly, I do appreciate how much that Justin Fields is incorporating him into the offense because, yo, tight ends need more love. Cole Komet has 40 points in the last two games. It's not bad. Cole Komet has 40 points in the last two games. There's tight ends who you start every week that don't get that in five. Yo, there's some times that don't average that a season, homie. Bro. Over the last two weeks, he has nine receptions for 135 yards and four touchdowns. Some good stats. He's had five touchdowns in the last three games. I don't know what they started doing differently in that game against Dallas, but the Bears' offense has been rolling. Well, I think that's when they started to run the ball a lot more of fields, and I think that just kind of opened up the field. Like the uh, when you think about a quarterback scrambling out, that's when um, you know obviously linebackers have to kind of stay more keen on them, and when that happens, you know tight ends are usually the linebackers' uh, responsibility, and if they aren't, it's usually a safety. So it just it makes for great passing opportunities for a tight end, and I think Justin Fields knows that. Eberflus knows that, and so obviously they're integrating that into their scheme because those are the two best players on the team right now, you have to think. Bro, Justin Fields looks like a superstar right now. Yo, he's looking like, and I don't want anyone to take this wrong, but he's looking like Mike Vick out there right now. He looks amazing. 
He looks like a amazing. young Mike Vick. He's out there. He's balling out. He's throwing the ball really well. And he's running like a fucking rock star. He's a cool-ass dude, too, man. I, Bro, the last three games with Justin Fields, he has over 120 points. Yo, didn't you trade that guy? In Dynasty last year for Trey Lance and a second-round pick. What a bad pick. That was a terrible trade. Uh, but, yo, Cole Komet, Justin Fields, both look great. Um, fuck the Bears, but they both still, you know, doing great in fantasy. Yo, fantasy is fantasy. When it comes to, I, I'm going to, I'm probably going to eat this, but when it comes to fantasy points, you got to get those points on your team. Yeah. I kind of shaded all the Bears this year, and mm-hmm. that meant that I didn't want to take Justin Fields late. I didn't want to take Cole Komet at whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it kind of bites you in the ass. But, I mean, you can't expect this production every year from the beer, Bears, I'd say. But, no nonetheless, way. nonetheless, if you invested in it, good for you. Uh, I got a couple buy-sell questions for you. All right, what's up, bro? So, I'm just going to run through names, and you're going to just tell me if you would buy them or sell them. Okay. First name is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, now has Jeff Saturday as his head coach. Uh, dropped around 25 points last week. Are you buying Jonathan Taylor, or are you selling Jonathan Taylor? I mean... If I would hold them, I definitely would hold them. If I had, that's not an option. Well, then I'm buying them. I want him on my team, dude. I think that right now, Jonathan Taylor is going to be in a predicament where he's going to be running the fuck out of the ball. Yeah, like we already knew going in that this guy was going to be like a top five running back. But when you have an offensive lineman as your head coach, and he absolutely knows how to run the fuck out of a ball, and he knows how to control an offensive line to do exactly what is the right thing to do for these runs. It opens up the world for this guy. And, I mean, I am so hyped about Jonathan Taylor, and that's coming from a Derrick Henry owner. Wow. I, I'm excited to see what he does. Who took Derrick Henry 1-1? I did. Over Jonathan Taylor. But I think that going forward, I think JT could be in consideration to be the RB1 again. I really do. Moving forward, do you think he can be RB1 the rest of the season? I think he definitely has that opportunity. I think they're going to run the ball because what have we been saying this whole time? Mm-hmm. When there's a team without a quarterback that can really do much other than manage the game, they want to shorten that game as much as possible, and you do that by running the ball. When you have someone as powerful and as skillful and as talented as Jonathan Taylor, and you know that he's the number one asset on your team, you got to run that guy. Fair. And I think Jeff Saturday knows that. But, I agree with you. I'm buying JT. Uh, would you buy or sell Trey McBride? Replacement probably for Zach Ertz on the Cardinals after that injury. Well, bro, I mean, there's not many people that really have this guy on their roster. So, I'm obviously buying him. I mean, he's going to be on your waiver wire this week. I think that this guy definitely could be a true replacement for Zach Ertz. They drafted this guy, what, in like the third round this year? So, obviously, they had him as a contingency plan to begin with. And now that he's out... Yo, I think Trey McBride has the opportunity to go crazy because we saw that this guy could take on the workload when he was at Colorado State. Mm-hmm. And now that he has all these other fucking giant people like DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, yeah, Rondale Moore. Marquise Brown should be back probably by next week. Yo, when you have the people to spread out the field like that for someone like Trey McBride, he, I, to me, he's like the per—he's the perfect resemblance of what Zach Ertz is, but like 10, 12 years younger. Okay. I, I really do like what he could do going forward. And like I said, he's going to be on your waiver wire. So if, if you're a Zach Ertz owner like me, 
Or if you just need a tight end to use going forward, yo, look for Trey McBride. I'm also pretty high on, I'm also really high on Foster Moreau as well. I think that this guy is definitely going to be utilized by Derek Carr. It seems like if he's not passing to Devontae Adams, it's going to him. So, yo, when we think about what's going on with Darren Waller, he just got put on IR. And it doesn't look like his usage has gone down, right? Mm-hmm. They still need a tight end that's going to be out there and catch balls when he's in trouble. So look for Foster Moreau. I think that he's definitely going to be a viable tight end target for the next couple weeks while Darren Waller's out. And honestly, maybe even past that because they might be trying to get off Waller as well. They definitely are. He's a great buy in Dynasty right now. Uh, he's an underrated pickup. He's going to be a part of whatever regime they have next year. And if this team sucks enough, they're going to go ahead and probably draft a quarterback at this point to replace Derek Carr. That's a little sketchy just because they did just sign Derek Carr to a couple-year deal worth like $50 million per. I could see somebody like the Giants, and y'all could quote me on this too. I could see a team like the Giants going into next year, maybe realizing they don't want to pay Daniel Jones the big bucks, but they're willing to bring in a somewhat younger veteran. So Derek Carr, who's been in the league maybe, you know, seven or so years, he's a quarterback who's around the age of 30. So he still has maybe half, half a decade. Who knows? I can see Derek Carr and the Giants is what I'm saying, but moving off that, I don't, if, I, I don't see that at all, folks. I really don't. If, if Giants, if the Giants are going to invest in a quarterback, they're going to do it by way of draft. It's they're not going to have a good enough draft pick because they. You can still get a viable quarterback in the 20s, dude. The Packers did. I don't think you can rely upon that. Well, I mean, you can always look at your at options. At that point, at that point, on well, your you board, don't, dude. You've even said in the past that you don't really look in the fan or into college football. And this quarterback draft is going to be pretty deep, I think. And so they have the opportunity to draft, I think, at their position. Otherwise, they can always move up as well if they want a guy. It's better than having to throw a first at the Raiders and say, "Give us your thirty-year-old quarterback." If you can trade said picks for a guaranteed asset like Derek Carr. Because you know you have a great coach. You know you have a great system. You know you have great players. Yeah, but who's to say that he's going to work in Dabo's system? I mean, it looks like he wants more of a mobile quarterback. And I'm sorry, but that's not Derek Carr. I think, yeah. I mean, you look at what he's had. He had Josh Allen. Is that Allen. what they want or is that what they're adjusting to? No, I think that that's what he wants. He wants someone who is mobile like he had in Buffalo with Josh Allen. And then he comes to the Giants, and you see him utilizing the one of the more mobile quarterbacks in the league with Daniel Jones going on runs or at least improvising. He's teaching that. That's definitely something that he's implemented into both of those guys. And it's just one of those things that I don't know if Derek Carr is going to want to do. He's going to want to be a pocket passer quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's a guy to where – it's more so his game is centered in like a spread offense, from what I hear about uh, Brian Dabo's offense. Typically. Yeah, it's more of a spread offense. Like right now, they're running more. I don't know. I don't want to talk about too much. It's not like I fucking watch the Giants every week. But it's from, not much of a spread, dude. They're definitely relying more on Saquon, and then they're using it off a of play action, like just tighter formations and shit like that. But so that's like, not a spread offense. But I'm saying that they're a good enough coach to where they can adjust to having a guy like Daniel Jones and understand that he's mobile and use it at their benefit yeah but i mean they've also utilized that in the previous offense so to me it seems like that's an that's an asset that they want to have on their team and i don't think that they want to downgrade to something that they're going to be having someone stay in the pocket all right well okay check it out so we got here because of foster moreau yeah 
And Foster Moreau, I think, is a great dynasty buy because if they do get a quarterback upgrade next year, let's say they get rid of Darren Waller, he's somebody that you could get in on pretty cheap right now, and at tight end, he has upside. No, I I definitely agree with that. I just Mm – the whole Derek Carr stuff, I just – I personally don't agree with at all. I think that they've invested in him, and that's what they want to have for their offense. There's no way that they would have – there's no way that they would have traded for Devontae Adams – and then get rid of Derek Carr a year later. Oh. I, that's just where I'm coming from on that. On top of everything else that I said. Oh, you got more for the head tops? Hey, I got a couple more things. I think that we should talk about the teams that are on the bye this week, though. I mean, there's four teams that are pretty utilized in fantasy. That being the Buccaneers, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Jags. In that alone, you have how many fucking starters... You have Christian Kirksex going to be out. You have uh, Jalen Waddell. You have Tua Tagovailoa. You have Tyreek Hill. You have Geno Smith. You have both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The list goes on and on. A lot of guys are going to be out this week. So when you are thinking about what we're saying, these guys that we said, like, yo, Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson, the list goes on and on. These guys are going to be viable waiver targets going forward. Uh, Matt Collins is the guy that I like moving forward. Okay. With Darren Waller being ruled out, I think that he's been one of those surprise receivers throughout the year. No doubt, dude. I definitely think that he's taken that wide receiver two role over Hunter Renfro, at least when it comes to targets and stuff. Yeah, I like him. Uh, obviously, I think we all have to understand that Olamide Zacchaeus is a real thing. And he's a halfway decent, viable streamer if you play in like a 14, 12 team league. Yeah, I definitely think that he's utilize, He's going to be utilized. I, I do agree with that. Last couple games are kind of rough, especially with the hurricane they played in last week and the week before. Like, just, it was a lot. Um, but, yo, let me, let me ask you a question here quick. What's up? So, we're both Packer fans. We both love the Packers. Christian Watson just absolutely blew up, dude. Do you think that this guy is going to be continuing with what he just did? Or do you think that he's going to take kind of a slump? Especially with Randall Cobb probably coming back this week. He's a buy. You have to buy him, man. He's He has the drive capital to demand targets. He has the talent and the speed to create big plays. And he has the quarterback who's at wit's end that just needs to find a way to make it work. Yeah, I mean, the guy can make any throw in the goddamn universe, so... Seriously. Assuming that Christian Watson can at least find a small space and can make a hand catch, which he was able to do this past week, and he was also able to do one of those over-the-shoulder basket catches, too. So he's definitely improving, guys, so... Listen, listen, listen. If there's one thing that Aaron Rodgers has shown... It's that he's going to go ahead and target your strengths. If your strength at any point as a Packer receiver is touchdowns. He loves you. You are going to get touchdowns. And that's looking at Devontae Adams. That's looking at James Jones. That's looking at Jordy Nelson. All these guys. Michael Finley. All these guys who were at the top of the boards when it comes to touchdowns. Bro, Jordy Nelson and Devontae were like number one in touchdowns for like, hella years. If Christian Watson's thing is explosive plays and catching touchdowns, which he caught three of them last week, 
That's going to happen a lot in this offense. Especially coming up this week against the Titans. You know, they have a lot of DBs that are going either on IR right now or are hurt. Yeah. I mean, you have Roger McCourty, who is, or <clears throat> Roger McQuarrie, who, who is uh, hurt right now. He's a rookie that they just drafted out of Auburn. You have another one of their DBs that just went on IR. Yo, like, that that DB is going to be absolutely exposed this week with Rodgers, I think. And so when you're looking at people to buy, Christian Watson has to be at the top of that list, at least for waiver wire pickups or if you're trying to finesse someone off of a wide receiver that you can use for a long time in Dynasty. And you have to be obviously concerned with Christian Watson's health because I think that was the first game we saw, like, know it. Any kind of like. Well, he did have an injury actually, so you can't say that. He got rolled up on one of those yeah. plays, but he was able to play the rest of the game, it seemed like. Durability sounds like it's going to be a thing for this receiver for a while. Yeah, probably. I'm, what I'm assuming is they just didn't have the same like uh, strength and conditioning program at ND State. And transferring to the NFL, I just think it's probably one of those things. But I think going forward, he's going to be ready and available. I really do. I think he, yeah, he just needs to learn how to take a hit and, like, how to go down. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with that. But Christian Watson, if he's healthy and if he's available, he could be a dog. He could be somebody who makes a really big difference. He could very well be a every week starter that it, it gives you the vibes of, like, Odell, his rookie year. Facts. It gives you the vibes of, like. Damn near Justin Jefferson. Jalen Waddle. I also yo I saw I saw a little meme uh, today. It was a picture of. Do you remember that game when uh, Randy Moss was a rookie and he went for like three catches, one eighty three and three tardies? It was a picture of that, and then like above it, it was a picture of Christian Watson. It was his four catches, like a hundred and like seven yards or whatever he had, and like three touchdowns. It was like. Nice. I mean, like, that's definitely a stretch because, I mean, Randy Moss was able to do what he was able to do for such a long time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just to know that this cat is in about the same explosiveness as him, mm-hmm. it, that's, that's just a good thing to have, especially when you have Rodgers as your quarterback. Facts. Uh, I want to go into pickups of the week. Uh, speaking of buys, I want to go and talk about some guys who we think that you guys should be targeting. Uh, you should be picking up on waivers if they're available. And, you know, I'll start off while I'm on here. Uh, I think my pickup of the week is probably it's probably Van Jefferson. Uh, he's available in around 85% of leagues right now. Obviously, with the Cooper Cup injury, we think he's going to get more work, more touches, more looks, more opportunity. And if he can go ahead and create a couple touchdowns, I think that he can easily leap into um, a position where he might be the only guy on this offense you really want. We don't know what we're getting with Allen Robinson yet. I don't know who he is or what he does well anymore. But if he ends up being the de facto wide receiver one that continues to underperform, and Van Jefferson is a guy who has any lick of explosion, he's going to step into this offense and he's going to become a dangerous weapon. Mm-hmm. And we like dangerous weapons in our fantasy lineup. So Van Jefferson's my 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 waiver wire pick over the week. I like that. And I'm going to give you guys three here at three different positions. So the first one's wide receiver. I'm going to have to go with Isaiah McKenzie going against the Browns. I mean, the Browns are the 13th-ranked defense against wide receivers as, as far as points. But him being the number three on that team, I think, opens up a lot of possibilities for him. Okay. The next one, Hayden Hurst. He's going against the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, or <clears throat> this week. 
And he's owned in 56% of leagues, so he's definitely going to probably be available in yours if you're listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. And I just think that he's still going to be beastie. Right now he's tight end 13, and that's even with a bye. So you got to think that this guy's going to come in brazy, especially with Jamar Chase still out, I believe. Okay. Lastly, like I'm going to go with Dontrell Hilliard from the Titans. I think that this guy is going to be going against the Packers who – I won't lie, it feels like they're kind of lackluster against running backs coming out of the backfield for pass catches. Mm-hmm. And I think that he could take advantage this week with a short week against a defense that is kind of beaten up a bit. So, those are my three for you guys this week. Nice, like it. Uh, and I guess the last thing we always do uh, is we cover starts of the week. So, once again, starts of the week are players who can go ahead and get you 15 points or more. And, starting off... My guy's going to be George Kittle, tight end, San Francisco 49ers. I think George Kittle had a bad week in week 10 against the Chargers. My man had two targets, one reception. It was one big reception for 21 yards, but there wasn't really much else for for production on that front. I think my man bounces back next week. He's used to averaging something around, you know, five to seven targets. Yeah. I think that he has a Monday night game against the Arizona Cardinals. It's a divisional matchup. Prime typically, time. typically Shanahan wins those games against the Cardinals. Wait, is that what is that game gonna be played in Mexico? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I am sure that George Kittle is probably gonna go for around five receptions. Nice. He's gonna see maybe 68 yards, and I think that he goes in and he uh, he gets his touchdown too. I respect that. So that's where I'm at with it. I think he can kind of just hit you, uh, just hit you nice with the 15 points there. Nice. I'm my start of the week. I'm gonna go back to the Bengals. I'm gonna go with T. Higgins. I think that him going against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week is gonna be uh, absolute bloodbath. I think that the uh, Bengals are gonna put up a bunch of points. A lot of that being on T. Higgins' back. Watch out for him going for 15 plus. All right, and that's week 11. That is our preview. This is our wrap-up. We thank you guys for tapping in with us. Uh, my name is Ja. Hey, it's Dugo over here. Make sure to keep this information for your head tops. All right, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you go follow the YouTube channel, Fantasy Football with Gumbo. And uh, until next time, good luck and happy fishing, guys.